So the question is, how do we prevent unwanted desires from arising in us in the first place? Meaning we understand that the mechanism uh, uh, in relation to which uh, our so-called will works is that we have a desire that comes up. Uh, it's not clear from where or under what, what the circumstances are. And then we have to evaluate as to whether or not the proposed uh, modification of experience, for example, go to the restaurant, go to the beach, go to the mall, is appealing enough, excuse me, in light of all the other options. So, for example, let's say that uh, we wake up on uh, the weekend, in the middle of the day maybe, <laughs> whenever we wake up, and we're not sure what we want to do. Then all of a sudden, uh, somebody hits us up and says, hey, you want to go uh, to the mall? So now we have a proposition in front of us, and we have to deal with it in some way. Anything that crosses our windshield, so to speak, unless we forget about it, we have to deal with it in some way. We have to say no or yes or later, something we have to do. So now how do we figure out whether or not we're going to go to the mall? Maybe we really wanted to go to the mall, and we were just waiting for our friend to hit us up and ask for us to go to the mall. In that case, it's no question. It's so appealing. It's so desirable that right away. We say, yes, absolutely, and we run to, to get in the car. Maybe we, we're absolutely adamant about not going anywhere. Our credit card payments are uh, overdue. We, uh, we're out of money in checking, and uh, or we're very tired, and we really want to rest all day. We're just absolutely convinced it's an automatic no. So maybe we don't answer, and we, the next day we say, oh, shoot, I missed your message. I'm sorry. Maybe we say, no, I'm sorry. Uh, we fess up. We're actually honest. We say, no, I'm just too tired. I don't feel like uh, going today, uh, uh, but there's no question. What about, however, if it's not clear? It's not a clear yes or no. What do we then do? Then we begin to think in whichever way we're able to think. We think, is this appealing enough? Let's see. If I stay at home, I can uh, cook, I can relax, I can watch some TV or some uh, subscription video service, maybe some uh, videos on the internet. I can, uh, you know, I can lay around, I, I can, wh wh whatever, it's nice and comfortable here. If I go, it's kind of cold outside or it's kind of hot outside. Uh, I, I have to do my makeup and hair or I have to um, uh, shower or I have to, uh, you know, I don't really know if I feel like doing that. So now we're thinking, uh, what about gas? How's my gas? Is my gas high? Is my gas low? My gas is, ah, uh, it's kind of low. I'd have to go fuel up and that's out of the way. So we're calculating, basically. In a sense, we could quantify. That's what people do sometimes, right? Make a list, make points, give uh, things, numerical values to things. But normally we just do this kind of intuitively. We're thinking, is this appealing enough for me to actually be able to go ahead and choose to do it and turn this uh, potential into reality? So now, whatever conclusion we come to, that's what we're going to do. As soon as we figure out that it's more appealing, that's it. The ball gets rolling. And unless there's then a counter motive or unless we have uh, attained a rare degree of uh, kind of ability to control ourselves, but even then, we, need, we still need a reason. If there's every reason to go and no reason not to go, then we will go because there's no reason not to go. But meaning if we uh, if we work on ourselves and there's some reason that we shouldn't go, we, but but it's not strong enough. Like we know we shouldn't spend more money, but we really, really want to go. We might be able to train ourselves to still resist the temptation. That's very hard. Normally, uh, uh, even if there's some rational consideration that we think is uh, in the way. Again, I don't have enough money to go shopping today. Uh, nonetheless, if emotionally something clicks, if we think it'll be an emotionally enough, satisfying enough experience, then nonetheless the scales tilt in that direction and we're bound to do it. So the idea is then that 
saying how this process works, <laughs> what, what the idea would be, uh, would, would be for no negative desires to, to uh, even come to us in the first place. Meaning not negative desires. The desire is always positive. I want to feel good. I want to feel powerful, yada, yada. Uh, no desires for anything that is truly to our detriment. For example, if we have no money, we want to, ideally, we wouldn't even want to then go and get into more debt. Ideally, we wouldn't want to struggle with a substance abuse problem. The desire wouldn't cross our mind. We would think of, let's say, um, let's say we're struggling with uh, alcohol abuse. We would think of alcohol. We want to vomit. That would be ideal, right? Now we don't have to to, to go through so many steps to uh, to uh, make things right there. Ideally, we wouldn't want to go and send a mean text message to somebody. Ideally, we wouldn't want to post a hateful comment on the internet. Ideally, excuse me. We wouldn't want to be lazy uh, and and not get out of bed when we know we have to work out. Ideally, we would be. We wouldn't want to uh, not be more uh, ambitious, not following our our, uh, our hobbies, our dreams, and yada yada. Excuse me. Um, but uh, the reality is that uh, these things do cross our windshield, and then we do have to deal with them. And consequently, we see that in our natural state, the reason that we don't do. Uh, that which so many people do that we see in the news, for example, we see a person uh, goes and does some kind of horrible, awful thing. Uh, we'll keep it uh, relatively d- clean. We'll say a person goes and uh, burns down in somebody's house. They they got into a squabble with somebody. Now they go and burn somebody's house. So how does this happen? Did the person choose in some other way than, than when we're choosing to go to the mall? We would have to insist that the answer is no. What happened was that all of a sudden, this proposition crossed the person's mind. This desire came to a person and the person began to evaluate whether or not this is appealing. And as soon as the person found this appealing enough, no matter what it is, even the most horrific thing, a person had to do it just like we had to go to the mall. A person was executing uh, the, the orders of their desires. Now, there's so many complicated questions here. Free will, responsibility, but we want to keep things relatively focused here on the question of how do we avoid having uh, undesirable desires in the first place? So to answer that, we can ask what determines whether or not a given proposition is found by us to be appealing? What determines that meaning? What determines whether we find, say, going to use our example to the mall, appealing or not? And we would say that it is our present context of understandings, of values. So let's say that right now, when we get the message about potentially going to the mall, we are very materialistic. We love uh, the handbags and we love the belts and we love the watches and we love the, the shoes and the fine clothing and all the designer labels. We love it. We feel so amazing whenever we're, uh, you know, thinking about these things, never mind buying them. We're saving up. We're always shopping on the internet. We love it. So now that is our context. We cannot suddenly change our context. We cannot suddenly squeeze in, let's say, what would be five years of work to become less materialistic into a split second. It's completely impossible. So consequently, we will be evaluating in that context based already on what we like and dislike and what we value and don't value and what we fear and don't fear, hate and don't hate, love, all these all these kinds of things. Right. Now, let's say we have worked on ourselves or somebody else. person is not quote-unquote materialistic, meaning they're not obsessed with things, which we're not the saying what's good or bad here. We're just stating the fact of the matter. Maybe the materialistic person is better or maybe it's better in that case. But somebody else is not quote-unquote materialistic. They don't care about the, the handbags, the watches, and so forth and so on. 
Now they're evaluating things in light of, in that context. Now for them to find the proposition appealing and desirable enough, something else would have to uh, serve as a motive. Maybe to spend time with the friend, maybe to uh, be be nice, be kind, maybe to um, something completely different. Maybe a person wants to benefit the economy. Maybe a person is an economist and is, is thinking in those kinds of terms. But whatever is a person's present context, that is the context in which he or she uh, will determine whether or not something is appealing and desirable. So now to again go back to our question, how do we avoid negative desires in the first place? We would say for that, we have to change our context. If we change our context sufficiently, first, desires that previously were appealing to us will lose their appeal and then, if we stick with it enough, they will hopefully not come to us at all. So let's give an example. Let's say that somebody is uh, very violent. Somebody is very, their context is, I'm the only real one. Everybody exists to serve me and is either in my way or helping me attain my low desires. This is a person's context. Now, if somebody offends a person such as this, that the question of whether or not it's appealing to then assault this person will be evaluated in that context. So consequently, it, uh, it cannot and will not work to say to the person, you know, this is not humane. This is not good. Why? Because that's not a person's context. It's like telling a tiger that's about to eat a little kid. Goodness forbid. Hey, tiger, don't you know you have to be a human being? Don't you know you have to respect the, the life of little kids and this is a horrible thing? No, the tiger doesn't know because it's not the tiger's context. Just so here, the person doesn't know that. Or even it, because, again, we, we make a distinction between intellectual knowledge, being able to say something with our mouth and really knowing it the way we know we need to breathe and to eat and all that. So in that way, a person doesn't know it by definition. Otherwise, he or she would have a different context. So consequently, the only thing in this context that would work was something like fear, something that the person understands. If I assault this person, he or she is going to kick my butt more than I would kick their butt. If I assault this person, I might get in trouble. I might get sent to the police department. If I assault this person, I might get sued, so forth and so on. I might get my teeth knocked out. I don't want that. I might get my new clothing uh, bloody. I don't want that. All right? So, so that, that is what would work in this context. How can we change this? To change it, we would have to change the person's context. How is that possible to do? Say most of the time it never occurs. We live and die with the same context past a certain age. But if we are the sort of sort of person that can think a little bit, that that can reason, that can, that is interested in, in improving him or herself, we can at first develop a desire to have a desire to be different. Meaning, we can admit on some level it's not good that I'm always very violent and aggressive and hateful. It's not good. I don't feel it in my bones. The reality is when push comes to shove, that's exactly what's going to go down. But I can at least say it with my mouth. That's a big step because most of us can't say with our mouth what's truly good and what's truly right. We begin to justify with our mouth. We're a thief. We say this thing is good. We're, uh, again, we're, we're very violent. We say that's great. In the wrong context, that is. It can be good to be violent. In the wrong context, we say it's great. We're a scammer. We say, oh, yeah, whatever. I don't want to talk about it. So, but that, so that would be the first step we say with our mouth. Then we keep saying with our mouth and we keep thinking. We try to turn on the lights inside at least a little bit. And we try to understand something differently. For example, other people are real. Other people mean good. Other people have positive intent. Other people function in the same way that I function. Now that's in our mind, even if we hear it somewhere, actually. Even if somebody forces it down our throat, we haven't admitted it. But at least it's on our uh, subconsciously to so say begins to influence us. But if then we can add a little conscious, conscientious effort, that would make it even more effective. So we begin to think like that. And uh, 
hopefully the next time then that the situation like this arises, we will find the appeal of assaulting another person slightly less desirable because we now, we now have counter motives. We now have some degree of humanization. Now let's say again the cycle. Let's skip ahead. This goes on and on and on, and and uh, and eventually we've changed our context. Now somebody gets us angry. Somebody steps on our shoes, literally or figuratively, and we have no desire to assault them. Or if we do, we don't take it seriously at all, right? That'll be the first step. We have the desire. It comes up. The impulse comes up, but it's like no shot. No shot am I going to do this. I know better. I've changed my context. I've changed my understanding of other people and of myself. It's not going to happen. So we just smile. Right? Maybe a little blood uh, gushes or, or whatever, boils, that's the word. A little bit. We get a little bit uh, feisty, but we know it's not going to happen. Now, uh, that's a great progress. That's a great gain. That, that happens again, again, again. Now, eventually, hopefully, even the desire won't come up. Even the desire won't come up, and we will not want to assault anybody if they do anything to us. It's, it's going to be no question, which is different than self-defense. It's different than uh, other things, but uh, in this way. right? Somebody uh, accidentally pushes on the street. Right away, we slap them in the face. We're gonna, so that's what we're talking about. So that's the idea. The idea is that we can repeat that with anything and everything. Right now, we have a context, for example, to eat, uh, overeat, uh, foods that we know we shouldn't overeat. Every time the desire comes up, there's nothing real on the other side of the scale that can outbalance that. So right away we go do it. No matter what we're doing, now I want some chocolate, I'm going to go get some chocolate. Now I want some chips, I'm going to go get some chips. Chocolate can be healthy, maybe chips at certain times, but I did, just I did. The junk food, right away I do it. Now I begin to want to want to change. I at least say with my mouth, at least I give it some kind of token uh, uh, affirmation. I want to be healthy. I want to stop eating junk food. Now that begins to, to slowly percolate down into my subconsciousness, into my unconsciousness, whatever I want to say. Now I, I'm still eating junk food, but it's with a little bit of hesitation. It's like, oh, shoot, I really shouldn't be doing this. Before it was, there was no hesitation. There was no self-consciousness. It was an automatic thing. Boom, I'm taking it as soon as I want it. Now there's a little self-consciousness. Hopefully now it increases. It increases a little bit more, a little bit more. Now maybe one day I win a battle. I, I've said it so many times. I win the battle. I don't take it. The, the counter motive outweighs. The guilt outweighs. I don't take it. Boom, I showed myself that I'm able to not eat junk food right away. Huge victory. Now, the next time I eat it, I'm going to think last time, or the next time, excuse me, the desire comes up, I'm going to think last time I was able to uh, to not follow my desire. Do I want to now break the streak? Do I want to now, uh, wouldn't, I, wouldn't I feel bad? Wouldn't I feel guilty? Maybe it won't work. Maybe it will work. If it does work, boom, we put in a, an additional coin in the jar. And there we go. Some time goes by. Now it's much less appealing. Now we may still want the junk food, but now it's like, ah, no, 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 I don't want to. I've already succeeded a bunch of times. Maybe we can also obviously do other things. We can start exercising. We can, uh, you know, have a family member watch what we eat. We can do many different things, but just in, in principle. Now it's 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 hardly appealing at all. The junk food comes like, ah, no, I'm not going to do it. Are you kidding me? I just had a, a productive day. I worked out. I ate healthy all day. And now to ruin it with a super duper slice of cheesecake, for example. No way. No way. But the desire still comes. But if we continue to persevere, we continue to negate the desire, a couple weeks, months, maybe years, eventually, hopefully, the desire won't even come.
It won't even be a question because our unconsciousness, our animal lower inclinations will figure out there's no need to bother this guy or girl. He or she is too tough, is, is uh, too determined to stick to the straight and narrow path, so it'll disappear. So we see again, this is the same thing with anything and everything, with any of the other animal urges and inclinations, with any of our bad uh, uh, addictions and, and OCD, all kinds of things. We have to first want to want. We have to gain a little bit of self-consciousness and make the, the given desire less appealing, excuse me, get to a point where it's still bothering us, it's still coming to us, but we, we no longer can, we'll, we'll seriously contend with it. It's an automatic no. It's like, no way am I going to eat this sweet? No way am I going to assault somebody? No way am I going to be a kleptomaniac and steal something? <laughs> no way am I going to be an internet troll and post a mean comment online? No way. I'm just not going to do it. I still want to. The temptation still comes, but I'm not going to do it. And then, eventually, if we keep persevering, we keep winning these victories, which is very hard to do. Maybe we'll fall. Maybe we'll slip. Maybe one day the, the desire will build up. Okay, I'll eat the cheesecake. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll slap somebody in the face. I'll do the, these things. Okay, fine. But then, ah, we feel bad. We feel guilty. We're even more determined. To, to not fall again, and hopefully eventually we keep going, we commit to not doing it, that, that's an additional help if we can re really develop that uh, sense of trust with ourselves, and then we commit and say, I won't do it, that's that's huge that, to, to our benefit. But uh, eventually, hopefully, the desires will completely go away, and then that's one less thing to worry about, and we can focus on higher and greater and better things so we can think about it. Thank you for listening.